Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Super excited to be with you guys this morning. Super excited to be in this space. Those of you who have never been in here, welcome to the powerhouse. They go to the powerhouse. Yeah, this is where the kids hang out most of the time. But we're also just so blessed to be able to have a space like this where we can come. And it's powerhouse because we believe in the power of the name of Jesus, Mandy. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. No, but just so happy to be able to have this space. As you know that uh, we are uh, having some some renovations done to the main worship center uh, and getting new lights and things that are going to be put in there. So our worship experience will just continue to to go higher, and we're just happy to be able to have a space like this where we can still congregate and worship together. So uh, listen, as we continue through the series, Finding Rest, uh, my prayer is that uh, it just draws you in. You draw into uh, where God is leading us, where God is taking us, uh, and the things that he's going to share with us today and the things that will be worked in us as we go through uh, this, the, continue to go through this series. So, you know, we've been exploring what it means to find rest, right? Come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's telling us here, he's saying that he'll trade with us, okay? He'll trade us his burdens for ours. We learn that uh, rest, we learn what it means to find rest from anger. We learn why anger can be viewed as evil, Right? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We learned that. We learned that resolution with our brothers and our sisters is so important to God that we could be in the midst of worship and he would rather we stop and go seek reconciliation. I got proof. I got proof. They're looking at me, Amy, like I made that up. So I'm going to read this for you. So, so if you are offering your gift on the altar... And there you remember your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come offer your gift. That's pretty big, right? The God who is worthy of all praise and and honor and worship above anything in the universe says, wait, just kind of hold your worship for a moment and go get that fixed with your brother and sister. He desires reconciliation. The point was that we should not simply see anger as something we can overlook as being innocent because it is not. But true rest from anger is found, only found in Jesus. Pastor Phil walked us through finding rest from hypocrisy last week, and and he shared with us how there are many Christians who live their lives by saying, I'm fine, but putting on masks or one mask or another to be able to say, hey, this is what I want you to see so I can hide what I'm really struggling with. We learned last week that when we serve, live, and give, and pray in the context of a real family and community, it's really hard to... uh, walk in hypocrisy because those who you are in true relationship with truly know who you really are, right? So we should consider those things and really uh, look to find rest in only him and not the things we can dress ourselves up to look like. And today, today I am uh, excited to explore with you finding rest from 
duplicity. Now, I'm sure many of you know what that word or term means, uh, but for those who may not know here in the room or watching us online, duplicity is a noun meaning deceitfulness or double dealing, doubleness, the contradictory uh, of doubleness of thought, of speech, and or action. So as we jump into this, I want to encourage you, and many of you probably have recognized that when I start a sermon, I usually go here because I want to draw you in. And Romans 10 and 17 tells us this. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible does not say that faith came by having heard, because if that was the case, Amy, then after we heard the word preached to us one time, it would have been sufficient for our salvation. We wouldn't have to come here on Sundays and tuned in for groups and all that other stuff because we wouldn't need it. But the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, I-N-G, that's continuously hearing the word of God in order to build your faith. So listen now for your hearing as we explore our topic today. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Some, tra some translations will say mammon. Okay, so uh, lean in with me as the curtain rises on the scene of this text that we're going to talk to you about today is we're fine that Jesus has been giving the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, believed to be on the mountain of the Beatitudes, right? And one of the main points, if not the main point, is our relationship as Christians to our Heavenly Father. Okay? This probably should actually be the, the, the foremost thing that, that is discussed from it. But, but so many things try to pull us away from the significance of that authentic relationship with Him. And those things compete for our attention. In Matthew 6, we'll find that there are two temptations, one uh, directly evident and one is implied, right, that, that, that we all face as believers. These temptations uh, come to distract us and pull us away from the importance of that relationship with God the Father. The first temptation that we can see evidently is in chapter 6 where uh, he says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. Now, contextually for any theologians or seminarians that may be in the room, this scripture is talking about a time where they were giving to the needy directly. But generally speaking, if you're paying attention to what it's saying, it's also talking about doing works before man to receive the praise of man, which applies in many ways in many areas across people's lives. We have to be careful not to fall into this temptation. See, that temptation there is to seek to be noticed, to be raised on a pedestal, to be praised by men. 
The second temptation where it's implied, it says, and we all face this as believers, is the temptation to be like the world, the temptation of being like the world by seeking to store treasures in the earth. Mm -hmm. I want to come to that. I see your minds working already. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Too often, uh, many people think that the things in the earth, uh, you know, that, 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 that they say to themselves when they think about things they want or they think about things they think they need, say is, if only I had that, I'd be all right. Okay? You know, if only I could hit the Powerball. None of you. None of you. None of you. If, if, if only uh, I could get that one scratch off. None of you. I know, none of you. Right? So, but, but too often, what, what's, the, what's the, the new thing that the governor's doing? If you, Yeah, yeah. If only, I think I should submit my name. Yeah, yeah. And all my kids, well, we only got Christian that's left for school. So, our inner Christian, maybe you'll get a full ride scholarship or something like that. But too often, we seek to find security and we put hope and promise into things that are temporary. Mm -hmm. Instead of what we already have available to us, Jim, through our relationship, our authentic relationship with God, the Father, right? Through Jesus Christ, right? One question from the Sermon of the Mount, there are many, but one question I'll start with is this one. The question comes up and it says, it's really asking us the question of where your heart is. That's really what it's saying. It's where your heart is. Uh, if you read through that and study the Sermon on the Mount, I guarantee you, you will have this inner dialogue and you'll be talking through this and you'll be challenged to determine if your heart, uh, where your heart really is and evaluate if your heart is seeking after self or if it is really seeking after a vibrant, authentic relationship with God. In a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, Steve, people can put many masks on and, and change their faces so people can perceive them as spiritual or godly. It's how they want to be seen, but maybe not how they really are, right? When in reality, they're in the, the deep, darkest parts, the private parts of their lives, they're struggling with fears, they're struggling with temptations, and their desire to be like the world. Some people's treasure may be their home. It may be a specific person, John Michael. It might be a, a, a job or a position that they want or one they already hold. But whatever means everything to you, that is your treasure. Whatever you find the greatest, uh, uh, you, you find of the greatest importance to you, that is your treasure. I can see the little cartoon bubbles coming from your head and all those little questions popping in and there are two of them I see just is one over here and it's one right here and and you're saying well so pastor DJ is it, is Jesus saying that it's wrong for us to have treasures or that we should never let anything be of great importance to us lean in even you at home absolutely not that is not what he's saying, and that's not what I'm standing here saying. Uh, I mean, think about it. After all, he does say, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But he also says this, Mandy. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So perspective, he tells us. 
where they should be. And, and we're going to get to this a little bit later. But here, the tug of war, people, is typically that, that people decide to put their treasures in the earth and fail to remember that they need to set up treasures in heaven, as the scripture says. So there's this disjointedness, right? So let's ex- explore a few questions today. And as we process through this, I just pray that you really lean in and listen Listen, not just hear, but listen uh, uh, so that uh, we all are led into a greater understanding of what and how to find rest from duplicity. So I asked this first question, where is your treasure? You've been thinking about it since I read the opening scripture and, you know, about where to lay your treasures at and where not to store up treasures. You've been thinking about it, so you're all thinking about right now, where is your treasure? I ask that question because for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not too difficult, Annie, to think of a few places in Scripture where we see where people have stored up treasures for themselves outside of the will of God, but stored up treasures for themselves, Right? Uh, There are a few that come to mind, but I'll just pick two today. And one of them is the story of Achan. I know everyone's going, who's Achan? Yeah, so Achan's a guy uh, over in uh, Joshua chapter 6. And it's not a name I'm sure that you probably don't know, but I'll share it with you. So in chapter 6, God gives instructions to the children of Israel to attack Jericho. Mm -hmm. And, and, And just newsflash, you know, kids, even the young people or, or other people that are in the room, you know, when, as I was studying this, it was something I was reminded of about how wide the walls of Jericho were. So get this, Shay. The walls of Jericho were so wide that you could put four chariots on the wall and side by side and they could ride around the wall. So how much more confidence do you have in the power of God that people could walk, not throw anything, but then yell and walls that big come tumbling down? Okay, maybe it's, that was the, nine, the 930 crowd really got it. Okay, <laughs> but, but, but think about that for a moment that he simply said, walk around, be quiet, and then on the seventh day, yell. Okay, and then I'm going to make these walls come tumbling down. So think about how great our God is. that that's something that he can and he did do. But God commands, he tells the children of Israel to attack Jericho, right? So he says, uh, but keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. There's a warning. There's an instruction there, right? So they attacked Jericho. But good buddy Achan couldn't keep his hands to himself. So he disobeys the command. He takes for himself a a beautiful Babylonian garment, you know, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold that weighs like 50 pounds, right? Like, where are you going to run with a 50-pound bar of gold, right? In the middle of a battle, this is what you steal, right? Okay? But because of his sin, Israel was defeated at the Battle of Ai. And he was put to death. Achan was put to death because he did not honor the Lord and do as he was instructed. Hmm. Another example is the rich young ruler. This is probably one of uh, my top 10 favorite stories in the Bible. And you say, why is that? Well, it's because 
This guy has such great dialogue with Jesus. Like he's standing there talking to Jesus. Okay. And he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And among other things, Jesus tells him this. He said, Jesus says to him, if you want to be complete, <laughs> go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving <laughs> for he was one who owned much property. <laughs> yeah, I got a few, few chuckles and a few groans right there. Uh, but, but where's his heart? We see immediately where his heart is. He's struggling because he, he's talking to this man and Jesus tells him, hey, if you want to be complete and you got to get rid of everything you have, then you can come follow me. You can tell by his reaction that his heart was absolutely controlled by the wealth and the riches that he had and he was in charge of, but he was not willing to let those things go in order to follow Jesus. Hmm. We, we then see Jesus say this, and again I say, and that, that whole phrase, and again I say just means he told them before. He says, and again I say to you, that's Jesus calling, Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, in context here, okay, he's, he's not saying that people with wealth can't get into heaven. In fact, in the Old Testament, righteousness and wealth were, were aligned together, okay? But then Jesus comes to tell them because everyone's going, well, if I can't be rich and get into heaven, then what, what are we going to do? He's, you know, he said, well, he said, things that are impossible with man are possible with God. <laughs> so I ask you here in the room or online, are you earthly minded? Are you heavenly minded? Are you investing in the future eternity to come or are you only investing in the here and right now? Are you consumed with the temporary versus the permanent? I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. All those questions were almost the same question. Yeah, they kind of were. But I need you to grasp the full thought of what we're talking about. Okay, and then Jesus goes on to give us three examples of how those things that we often put importance on are actually temporary. Mm -hmm. He uses the moth, he uses rust, and he uses the thief. The moth, we know the moth, the little cute little fuzzy butterfly looking thing that doesn't look harmful at all, but leave it out around some silk or some wool and you'll soon see how destructive it can be, right? Then he uses the rust. I'm from Michigan and the winters are horrible in Michigan, right? Salt everywhere, slush and snow and everything. And after a time of your vehicle going through that slush and that salt and all that kind of stuff, it begins to rust. And like the moth, rust will absolutely eat away at things that you feel are prized possessions sooner or later if they're subjected to it long enough. But then he uses the thief. And see, unlike the thief or the moth, I'm, I'm sorry, unlike the rust or the moth, the thief doesn't actually destroy. The thief simply wants to come take what you have to make it what they have. And we think about this and we go, okay, so God, are, are, you, are you sharing with us? Are we, are we seeing in scripture that sooner or later, see, the moth and the rust are of elements that happen within this earth. The thief is of a person whose mind is only of the things in this earth. 
which means that if we focus only on the things of the earth, there are things in the earth that will absolutely come to take it or destroy it from us. People install safes and walls and, you know, thumb, you know, all that stuff, Joe, like, you know, you can't get in my house. And then there's always someone that figures it out and there's smart enough technology. They just take for ransom the whole world. We just saw it. Right. They just shut down Ali the, the whole country because, you know, and gas was twenty one dollars and ten cents a gallon. OK, all because someone had the knowledge to break into what they thought was safe. Hmm. But see, all these things we talked about are earthly treasures. So I know you're asking, Pastor DJ, is, so how do we store up treasures in heaven? Glad you asked me. And as I share this explanation, I want you to think about this thought that our eternal um, perspective, excuse me, affect our earthly priorities. Our eternal perspective affects our earthly priorities. Know this, that the, 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 what's valuable both now and in eternity is what's important to God. See, too often we look at what we do on the earth and don't realize if it's what God would have us to do. But the things we do in the earth are the things that create treasures for us in heaven. Okay? Things like building hope. Things like Second Saturday Serve. Things like uh, Hands Against Hunger. Things like just simply giving food to the, those that need it. Those are the things that, that God is looking for us to do because we are the church. And we should do it because we are to do it. Not because the news may show up. Not because the radio station may show up but because we know God is with us at all times and he sees all and he knows all. So treat people right. Mm -hmm. Walk in forgiveness. Uh -huh. Be loyal. Whew. That's a hard one because people can say it, but not many people can do it because there are convictions that will come that say, well, I'm loyal to this point. Okay, but God, God was loyal all the way to the cross. Jesus was loyal all the way to the cross for us so the least we could do is be as loyal as Jesus. Everything that we do should be the things that God cares about. That's what we should do. And none of us can store up treasures if we operate in deceitfulness, in double dealings, and if we operate in the doubleness of speech, the doubleness of thought, or the doubleness of our actions. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So we have to be one way. And the prayer is that we are God's way. And nothing, I mean nothing, Jim, is worth, is worth more than knowing Jesus. Nothing. See, when Jesus is our treasure, our money, our time, our talents, our resources are committed always to doing the work of him in the earth. And see, we, we can choose to focus on, you know, our lives on the temporary treasures, but God offers us a treasure that's eternal. It lasts forever. See, a relationship with, with him that begins now continues over into eternity. See, that's why we have to make sure that what we're doing in the earth is what he wants to do so that we have treasure stored up for us in heaven. And remember that our time on earth is temporary. We are all heading to eternity somewhere yeah I figured out dramatic pause right 
We're all heading there somewhere. So what have we done in the earth that ensures where we're going? (laughs) Either side. So eternity is going to happen. So what are we doing that puts us in the place God would have us to be? So what do you deem valuable today, friends? What do you deem valuable? Maybe it's a big expensive house, it's a nice car, it's your, your family and the great children that you've raised. Wonderful. Maybe it's actual money or wealth. Maybe it's your reputation. But the ultimate question that you have to answer for yourself is, Am I serving those things? Am I committing idolatry because I've made those things my God? Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. See, when we become more concerned about possessions, those possessions can become toxic and pointless. Know this, that God cares more about the condition of your heart than he does about the condition of your wallet. Every day, all day. (laughs) In our text today, Jesus is calling us to change our mind from the temporary way of thinking to the eternal way of thinking. I've heard it said many times, and you guys have heard this, you're going to hear, hear me say this, Mr. Lake. I've never heard or seen of a hearse pulling a U-Haul. But I found somebody that proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah. The undertaker's there talking, the funeral home, and it's like, and, and if, if you look, the hearse is open, so there's, I mean, the U-Haul's open, so they're still loading it. I, you know, I'm like, hey, it, it might have been empty. But we get a chuckle. It's a good laugh, right, James? But then we have to ask ourselves, is this our plan? Are the things that we're accumulating for us and us only? And do we think we can take them with them? I don't think if you call a cemetery, you can get a 20 by 20 plot. I don't think. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay? But we must ask ourselves, who am I serving? And this question brings us to the climax. I'm almost done. I promise I'll be done as soon as I'm finished. And, and, and... (laughs) They got it. They got it. 930 got it too. Okay. But, 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 but I, I really, I really, I, I think this is the climax of the Sermon on the Mount. This is my opinion, right? The, the climax of the Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, this passage makes us ask the all-important question, who are you serving? See, many people think they can have the best of both worlds. They, 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 think, they think that, that they can operate in a doubleness of, of, of speech and of, of thought and, and, and of, of deed, right? And then they'll say that, hey, I'll go to church and look Christian and spiritual. How are you today? How was your week? God bless you. May the heavens smile upon you. What's his name again? Right? But I'm going to do this Christian thing my way. Okay? But St. Burger King. Okay? You can't have it your way. It's got to be God's way. And guess what? Sometimes that's a hard thing to accept that this has to be God's way, not my slanted view of what I think God is saying, but it has to be the way God is telling me that it must be. He tells us here that we cannot serve two masters. 
Are you really serving God or are you serving your idea of who God is? I heard someone say this. Uh, I was back in seminary, it was years ago, when he said that the only thing worse than not having a relationship with God is thinking that you do. Yeah, let that settle for a second. The only thing worse than not having a real relationship with God is thinking that you do, meaning you're deceiving yourself thinking that you do because you've got this construct of who God is and you won't listen to anyone lead you in the right way. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus explains to the people, he says, listen, you got to repent. Change your minds from earthly treasures and serve me only. That's what he's saying. He said, we have to serve the Lord God only because if you try to serve both, it won't work. One of them's going to lose. The scripture says you, you can't serve them both. Okay? One's going to lose. Okay? And sadly, because we're, we're, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, oftentimes we make the decision that pleases us more than the one that's going to please God. But I'm not here to say money's bad. There you go. I said it. I'm not here to say money's bad, but the love of it. Mm-hmm. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, the temptation to lay up treasures is something real that we experience and we face from the time we're youth to the time we're adults. It doesn't go away. It's just how we engage it, how we handle it, how we operate in it and what we do in it that glorifies God rather than glorifying ourselves. And the enemy would love nothing more than to continue to distract us with things, the temporal things of the earth, so that we miss God's plan for our life. Because, see, he can never stop God's plan. He's not that strong. He's not that powerful. But if he can distract you long enough to not be paying attention, then he can go tell God, see, I got him distracted. That's a ploy he uses, Right. But I promise you this, if you serve God with all of your heart and soul, you will absolutely find yourselves on the winning side of duplicity. You won't hide the truth about yourself. You, you, your life won't be built on lies that you present to others to cover up what you're really going through. You will not have two masters. You will not be deceitful. You will not operate in the doubleness of speech in your thought and in your actions. You will not be a Christian in name only, but in deed and in lifestyle. Because it's a way of life, not just something that we say that we do. And if there's a, a big idea or a takeaway I want you to have today, I want you to know this. And I want you to hold this and, and, and etch this in your heart that rest from duplicity, from doubleness and all that stuff, from, from, from being deceitful. Rest from duplicity is found in an authentic relationship with God the Father. Mm-hmm. And to establish an authentic relationship with God, I charge you this today. Okay. I charge you to see Christ as your mentor as well as your savior. Those of us that have mentors know that we allow mentors to speak into the hard places of our lives. We allow mentors to correct us when we're wrong. And how dare we give someone in the earth more authority to speak into our lives than we give the one who created us to lead our life, to guide our life, to structure our life, to show us the way we should go. Mm-hmm. He's always there. He's always there. He's always present to give us rest. But we have to yield and allow him to take over because he's not pushy. But he's always going to be present. 
but you have to choose whom you will serve. You cannot serve two masters. You have to choose whom you will serve, and it all starts there. Pray with me today. Father, we honor you today, and we thank you for, in spite of all things, this is a day that you've made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for taking us and letting us down into the treasures of your word today so that we can understand what's most important to you. Help us to align ourselves, Father, with those things that you see as great, as honorable, and that we do here that will store up treasures there where you are. We love you for it, Father. Help us to continue to be the light. Help us to remember and always remember that we may be the only Jesus some people may ever see in this earth. So help us to reflect you well. Help us to resemble you well. Help us to be great representatives of you. We love you for it now and we honor you and we bless you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.